Well, welcome in. It is episode 104 here of the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. Got a loaded show for you guys. We got NFL November marches on. We we're approaching the uh, the conclusion. Got a little bit of a quiet week of, of uh, college football um, coming up this week, but that's with the SEC playing their their FCS team. But you know sometimes. And kind of their weaker weaker opponents, but sometimes that's uh, that's better because uh, that's when you uh, just when you think you're falling asleep, that's when that sport reels you back in, wakes you back up. We could be getting some exciting games, some sleeper games outside of Georgia, Tennessee. There's really not a whole lot going on in the SEC, but Pac-12 November has uh, been very been a very good month as far as parity and excitement. We have already started to see coaching. Uh, the coaching carousel in full swing as Jimbo Fisher has been fired. Boise state has uh, fired their coach. Mississippi state is going to be looking for a new head coach as well. And uh, Brady Hoke announced his retirement. So San Diego state is also going to be looking for a new head coach. And I'm sure there's going to be more and more dominoes to fall, but as always, you know, we're going to recap week 10 in the NFL and then uh, week week eleven in college football, and then uh, preview preview the weeks ahead. Uh, the Trinity Titans unfortunately did not were not able to uh, come home with a uh, state championship title, and um, you know we lost to a very very good kindred team. It was one of those games, Grant, where if it could have went wrong, it did. We just got off to a poor start, and against a good team like Kindred, we weren't quite able to overcome our overcome our our mistakes and kindred being the good team team they were they they capitalized took advantage of it and do we have oh he's back he's hey, back yeah, even after you serving doubted me you doubted me after serving a two-week suspension for putting his christmas decorate decorations up before november and even before thanksgiving he is back that's fighting and, words if you ask hannah i'm just throwing that out there i i don't care She's wrong. Well, to, each, to each to each their own. Yeah. But in Ethan's defense, it wasn't before th- November. It was just before Thanksgiving. Yep. Yep. Oh, I thought it was before because I'm pretty sure oh. we uh, maybe. Okay. Well, whatever. It's still it's still too early, nonetheless. And uh, it does it doesn't even really feel a whole lot like winter or cold here because we had a 65 degree day in Dickinson today so that was really nice before i'm sure it's gonna get colder but i don't really really want to think about it but you know i suppose we can uh we can just jump right into our 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 week uh week 11 nfl or week 10 nfl recap excuse me and um you know as always we're gonna be doing the uh gonna be doing the draft and now ethan have you ever gotten the first pick i've not still have not not. okay that's crazy all right that's crazy yeah, so with the uh, the first pick in the uh, three guys talking ball episode one hundred four draft, the uh, the first pick is gonna be oh, would you look at that, me? Hmm. Second pick, hmm. suspicious. Grant and Ethan. What else is new? I'm last again. This is so rigged. It's just like the NFL. Yep. It is. That's right. The script so, is out, and Ethan's never yep. going to get the first pick. The script I'm never going to get the first pick at this point. No. No. 
Who knows? Maybe we could just keep trying to leg it on as long as we want. Or or to really add some suspense to it, what we could do is we could add, like, we could pick... We could go by a division where, you know, we pick the North is Ethan, or the NFC North is Ethan, the AFC West is Grant, the NFC NFC East is me, just to see, and whoever gets it. Maybe that might be a way to uh, rig it to help Ethan get the uh, get the first pick. I, I, and I, I think a, it's I have an idea, or change it up next week, Dylan. If depending on how many helmets you have, put the division rival, your biggest division rival, in there. So like, if it were a Packers helmet, Ethan gets the first pick. If it were an Eagles helmet, Dylan would get the. Fr- I, I, it, it still represents us, but not our team. Maybe. Maybe Ethan just that might maybe, be. maybe Ethan just needs a little Wisconsin good luck. That's what I'm saying. You know, no, maybe let, let's pick the teams we don't want because I'd for sure pick the Saints. I hate the Saints. Or the Saints. Or yeah, it doesn't have to be a division team, but it could be a team like you said who you dislike. So it could, maybe Ethan. Maybe I don't Ethan hate that idea. Maybe Ethan just needs a little rivalry in his life. Yeah, yeah, that could be teams. it. Sometimes you have to go back to go forwards. That is correct. And uh, so my surprise team here in the NFL for week 10, and it's not actually a team, it's a player whose season actually just, it was just announced on Wednesday that his season is over, but it's going to be Deshaun Watson. Not off, didn't get off to a great start, started the game off with a pick six, six of 20, his first 20 passes. And then in the Mm -hmm. second half, what does he do? Goes on 14 straight completions, finishes 20 of 34, 213 yards passing, another 37 on the ground, find finds a way to lead the the uh, Browns back into the back to a win on the road, and the defense got a pick six. They had stops when they needed it. Miles Garrett is for sure in the MVP candidate. Uh, Zadarius Smith has been a nice pairing to him as well, but. I, you got to give it up to Deshaun Watson. Everybody had him written off, especially this podcast included. We thought he was done with his shoulder, and, well, unfortunately now he, he is officially done, but just adds to the the gutsiness, the gritty performance that he put out there on Sunday. And that's why Deshaun Watson is my uh, surprise player of the week. Deshaun looking like Clemson um, Deshaun out there in the second half on Sunday. That's right. He he did. Mm-hmm. Uh but for me, guys, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Arizona Cardinals um, this week. Just pick, picking Welcome up. Welcome back, second, Kyler Murray. Welcome back, Kyler Murray. Uh, second win of the year. You know, Kyler. Arizona gets, like I said, their second win. Kyler. Kyler's welcome back game. Excuse me. And uh, you know, all things considered, coming back from an ACL with not a whole lot of help around him, I don't think Kyler played too bad. You know, 19 to 32 for 249 yards, the one interception. Um, no touchdowns, but he did have that big scramble on the last drive that helped Arizona go kick the game-winning field goal. And, you know, let's call a spade a spade. This team is probably the least talented team in the NFL. They're not going to win a lot of games this year. They're going to end up 3-14, and 4-13. Uh, four, four and 13. Uh, They don't have a whole lot going for them, but, you know, um, they played a good game on Sunday to get a win. And then uh, rookie BJ, BJ – um, Ojolaria, I think that's how you say his name. The, the outside linebacker played at LSU. He had two sacks on Sunday. Um, you know, in his last three games, that's he's had three in the last three weeks. You know, 
looks like they got a nice piece there to build for the future on for Jonathan um, Gannon's defense. And, uh, you know, a game that Atlanta probably thought, hey, we could win this game, stay in the AFC South race. But Arizona, like I said, they're not going to be good, but they're going to fight hard. And they got a big win. I didn't think a win they'd get. I thought Atlanta would cover. I th- think it was just like a point and a half. But um, uh, half a point. Half a point. I, I thought Atlanta would do it. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe if Kyler can t- continue to play like this, Arizona doesn't need a quarterback in this year's draft. And Atlanta they they, Atlanta does big time. And who knows? Maybe Arizona can get Larry Fitzgerald 2.0 and Marvin Harrison Jr. Who knows? Yeah. The, uh, the, the, that Arizona game, Grant, that was the only bet I lost, uh, in the NFL slate this weekend. Okay. And I thought, I thought for sure that was going to be the go-to. That was going to be the uh, surefire, surefire win, but it was not. Uh, I'm going to go down to Dylan's favorite city. Um, we're going to Houston. Ah, uh, more specifically, yeah. <laughs> more specifically, uh, CJ Stroud. Uh, he was already having a great rookie year. I actually legitimately think he should be talked about in the MVP conversation now after this weekend. Mm-hmm. 356 yards. He doesn't have a true one receiver. Nico Collins is good. He didn't play. Uh, former Cowboy, right? Noah Brown damn near puts up 200, uh, 172. And then two guys that are rookies, basically, uh, Tank Dell and John Mechie, who obviously didn't play last year. Like, And he goes up to the Bengals, like the reigning AFC, in the AFC title game. They're actually getting their stuff together. They're starting to look like a team. Then they go put 600 yards damn near up on these guys. Like, that is just absolutely nuts. Uh, and some of the throws he's making, yeah, he had a terrible throw that kind of even made the game closer than what it should have been. But even then, went, recomposed himself, went back down, Got him in field position to kick the field goal. So, like, incredible game from CJ. You know, it's kind of crazy. Absolutely. The way he... And as you as you uh, say say uh, talk about Noah Brown, I'm actually adding him to my fantasy roster. He missed practice today with a knee injury, so don't get too crazy. Shit. It's only Wednesday. Yeah. If he misses Friday, then then you got to be worried. Yep. But it's yep. only Wednesday. Um, and this late in the year, everyone's banged up. Um, no one practices in the NFL anymore. So we'll see. I guess it's still me. Oh yeah, no. But uh, for we're, disappointing we're, team, to me, there's no, really only oh, one. Yeah. Team. yeah, disappointing team, right? Yeah, it, yeah. We're dis- your, disappointing. It's your, team. it's your call, Ethan. Yeah, it's got to be or... Jaguars. Like oh, they God, were just. Yeah. I, I get San Francisco is getting healthier. They got Chase Young, whatever. But you're still six and two. You've been playing fantastic the last like four weeks, and then you just go lay a dud. Trevor Lawrence looked like he's never played football before. ETN only eight carries, nine carries. What I I get it was a blowout, but even then, like still get he's been the their ball. offense. He's been their he's offense. He's literally year. their offense. Like you got to get the ball. Calvin Ridley, how many? Uh, he only had two targets, three targets. Like the dude's your number one. You got to get him the ball. Like no offense to Doug Peterson, great coach, awful game plan from him this week. And to do it off a of bye. Yeah, yeah, off a of bye. Like when he works with Andy Reid, you should be great coming off the bye mm-hmm. Dearness um, Johnson had as many targets as Calvin Ridley whoever the hell Dearness Johnson is I have no idea I'm not gonna lie that name doesn't even sound familiar it's no. one of those where you're like who <laughs> who is this guy oh yeah. yeah he played here there and there it's like this yep. dude I'm like who who the hell is this guy a Texas guy that's a, I feel like he's Texas 
Well, it's a name like Dearness. He's definitely from the South. Oh, nope, South Florida. Okay. Close enough. Florida close, man. Close enough. Yeah, Flor- Florida man. He's danced with an alligator or two in his life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the – there was a – we my dad and I, we went to the NDSU game this weekend, and uh, there was a guy uh, for the Bison. He's a I, – I don't even know the year, but uh, his name is uh, – I think it's Jaquees Alexander. And, of course, he looks – I, I look him up on the roster. He's from Florida. My dad, I look over to my dad and go, yeah, his name's Jaquees and he's from Florida. He's a ball player, dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't get around that. Nope. Um, my turn. Yeah, because I'm number yeah, two here. Yeah. My disappointing team, uh, Ethan talked about the winning team from this game. I'm going to go with the losing team, and that was the Cincinnati Bengals. Like Ethan said, they're getting their stuff together. Um, they won. What do they win? Three in a row, four in a row coming into Sunday. That you beat the Niners. You go on your bye. You come back. You beat the Bills at home. This is the same Joe Burrow team. It's like, hey, they're a lock for the AFC Championship game. Um, you know, life is good. They just beat Buffalo, and then on Sunday you lay that egg. You give up 30 points at home to the Texans. And like Ethan said, I get it. CJ's playing at an MVP level, but with the defense Cincinnati has without a true number one. And you let, you let them go up and down the field. And, you know, Cincinnati's offensive line, I've been critical about them all year. They gave up four sacks on Sunday, three of them to one player. Only 66 rushing yards too. 66 rushing yards and three sacks to Sheldon Rankins. Like you give up three, a defensive tackle gets three, a defensive tackle gets three sacks in the game. You're going to lose that game. And you weren't playing Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl. This, yeah. <laughs> this is Sheldon Rankins, a failed first round pick here. Come on now. <laughs> um, and, you know, their defense, hey, you get three turnovers. That's great. Well, Joe Burrow gave it to Houston twice. So you're, you're only plus one in the turnover battle. And then Joe Mixon only had 13 touches all day. Um, you look at Cincinnati last year when they were rolling, it was a combination of P. Ryan and Mixon. So I think the Bengals, they got to, especially with these receivers being hurt, I feel like you got to get Mixon the ball more. And they just they just didn't do that. And maybe they were looking ahead to Baltimore on the short week this week. But to, from to be here and then, you know, drop three or four steps and have to play four days later against a division opponent that just lost. Not a good look in Cincinnati. And I'm, I'm upset with them. Disappointed for sure. Well, you said it, Grant. You talked about Joe, Joe Mixon kind of being the keys to that offense. And when they do run the ball, they are just they are such a they are such a better team, but then Zach Taylor gets in his funks where he mm-hmm. just forgets, oh, I have one of the best running backs in the NFL. I, why would I want to use him? But And then one more thing. I forgot to say this in my notes. If Cincinnati wants to win, I feel like Joe Mixon needs 18 to 22 touches a game. I'm not saying rushing I, attempts, but 18 to 22 times that man touches the ball, good things are going to happen in Cincinnati. Yeah, absolutely. And – for my my disappointing team, because you guys actually took both the Jaguars and the Bengals, Ooh. and I kind of just had this one in my back pocket because I wasn't didn't really think I thought I would get one of those two, but I didn't. I'm gonna go with the New York Jets. Zach Wilson is not it. We can stop talking like he like he's gonna be some stopgap quarterback. No. And even and, and there's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers saying himself that he wants to be back by mid-December. If you're the New York Jets, you have to watch what's going on out on the field. 
And that offensive line cannot protect anybody. And if you put Aaron Rodgers out there with already a bad Achilles, you're just asking to get her, for him to get hurt again. Just mm-hmm. cut your losses, move on. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Robert Salah is a good head coach. I don't think the defense is overly great is and talked about the way they, the way they are. I think they might be good for your fantasy football, but it seems like situationally they're not, they can't get off the field on third down. Um, they got a couple of nice pieces, but you know, a lot of missed tackles on, on Sunday night. Um, you know, sauce Gardner doesn't look like what he was as a rookie. Uh, the pass rush can't get home. Um, you know, there, there, there's a lot of questions for New York, um, and they're better off just cutting their losses, making sure they shore up that offensive line so Aaron Rodgers can come back, um, come back to start 2024 healthy and 100%. Well, and even, even the Jets, like the misses they've had this offseason, guys. I, I understand you could say, well, if Rodgers was playing, Alan Lazard would be a better player. Randall Cobb was out on Sunday. We all knew he was going to get hurt and was only going to play 10 games this year. Dalvin I kind of forgot good. Randall Cobb was on the team, actually. Yeah, like, Randall, I, yeah, yeah. You don't CJ, hear anything about him at all. No, CJ, uh, was it Usma? Usma? Usman? They signed last year from Uzama, Cincinnati. Uzama? Can't block Uzuma. anybody. The cost, only two had two holding calls that cost him touchdowns. The only time he's played this year was when Zach Wilson went BYU mode when he saw Donna Kelsey in the suite against the Chiefs and, and was like, hey, there's a mom in the building. I'm going to go off. Uh, but besides that, <laughs> it, his, his last highlight is from Cincinnati in that Super Bowl. Um, like I said, Lazard, Ethan was on this, the, the advanced metrics for Delvin Cook. Oh, just terrible. Terrible. So shout out to Ethan for nailing that one right there. And again, you draft Will McDonald. He hasn't seen the field because, oh, is it Franklin Myers? Jonathan Franklin Myers? That sound, sounds right. He's a better pass rusher than him. So you waste a first-round pick on a, on, on a position you didn't even need. But they go, Joe Douglas goes, yeah, with Aaron Rodgers, we feel like we're going we're gonna to have the lead a lot, and we're going to be able to rush the passer. Well, when you can't protect your quarterback, people aren't – you don't get that opportunity. So – Sorry to hijack your post, your thing here, Dylan. Oh no, you're good. You you, you Jets, added to that. The Jets are just a dysfunctional organization from head head down, and At- we're we're seeing it. And to your point, I don't think Robert Sala is a head coach. I think he's a good defensive coordinator and a motivator, but he's not a head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I I called this back during uh, when Hard Knocks was going on about Will McDonald. I saw. I said once the guy pierced his eyebrow, I'm out. I'm I'm done with him. There shouldn't <laughs> no grown man should ever be piercing his eyebrows. That's actually I don't I think I think of all of of mul- of piercings on the body, I think eyebrow and lip though, and 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 like the middle part of your nose. If you have any of those three, I'm out on you. You're done. You do not. You shouldn't be allowed to function in society. You don't want to date a bull. No, I don't. I'm gonna put you a know, padlock, you know what that reminds a me of around there and lock that. <laughs> yeah. You, what, you know what that reminds me of is when chicks have like their, uh, what, what's it called? Septum, I think. Is that what it is? The middle yeah, of the bridge? Yeah, something like that. I yeah. have no idea. It, it reminds me of when I was out on the farm branding and, you know, to make sure the uh, the calf doesn't like pull away is we put one in, put it, put like a little clip thing in their nose and you pull 
So that way, when they're getting branded, they aren't jerking all over the place. It kind of holds <laughs> them steady. That, that, that's what I think of is when, when you get like the your septum pierced in your nose is you're just a calf being branded. That's I fair. think you're also just a crazy, a crazy person who uh, does no good for society. And you it, have some sort of flaw in your life and you need people to look at you like, accept me for who I am. Love me because I don't love myself. Clearly, <laughs> clearly they have daddy issues and their parents didn't love them enough. That is correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> before we get too off topic here, let's boy, go I'm, down boy, to... Th- boy, I'm not going to get any new fans after tonight. I'm yeah. just, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it was Veterans Day. You uh, you, you do, you also hate the troops because you called boomers soft. Well, boomers aren't, hashtag so. boomers are soft, so. <laughs> and, and to that person on TikTok who told you that I'm, I'm an asshole and uh, I don't, and she goes, I don't even think you can do 10 push-ups. Well, I hate to break it to you, girl. I can do ten push-ups, um, and I know Dylan. Let's see I don't, that right now. Wait, I don't have wait, the camera. I don't know. No, yeah, the camera. You just put the camera facing it and just do ten. All right, fine. I, all right, fine. Do it. Do it, do it. Do it. Do right. it. Do it. There Does it this is. This work. Oh boy. This works. Oh, we got live push-ups. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Whoa, he's going farther. Grant, Grant, calm down, buddy. Calm down. Yep, just like <laughs> Stewie Griffin said, when you got you got to get a pump in when you can. So, <laughs> what what what'd you do there? Was that like twenty five? About twenty. Twenty. Okay. Yeah. yeah, about twenty. Hey, there there you go. But to also my other point, not only can I do ten push ups, I can also for reps um, dumbbell bench the one twenties. Um, three by eight. So, suck it, internet lady. I'm better than you. Oh, Grant, <laughs> save some women for the rest of us, okay? Doesn't wait. Doesn't right. work like it. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. You know, what, that, it's funny. I, you. Th- it's no. It's just like the memes on the internet, Dylan. You think, oh, look at this big, strong guy. All these women are going to be after you. Nope. It's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. But let's go to uh, our our told you so team, and. I'm up, so I'm going to go with the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Brandon Staley is a joke of a head coach. He is terrible. They was he was hired because he's got some. He is this great defensive mind, great defensive acumen, but they can't stop anybody. And this franchise, I think I think if you're a quarterback, you, I I I understand why Eli and uh, Archie just said we're we're not going to play for the play for the Chargers because Justin Herbert is a tremendous quarterback. This stat is wild. Uh, they scored on their last five drives and still lost the game. Pretty incredible. I don't know how many times that happens where you score on your final five drives of the game and still lose. And Justin Herbert's basically going to be Phillip Rivers 2.0 because the Chargers cannot get out of their own way. Well, they need and, a new and- coach. And to your point, to your point, Dylan, on the Chargers, on offense, we have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, big body receivers, but they can't separate and they, they don't make explosive plays down the field. So who are we going to draft? Hmm. Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison are on the board. They fit that mold. You know what? Let's get Quentin Johnston. Let's get another big body guy who can't separate. <laughs> Okay, so you got his first is... touchdown though this weekend. Hey, hey, he did separate versus Michigan. Let's just let's be honest. 
Yeah, he did. That he did. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch, Ethan. So he got me there. Um, Sorry. But then again with the Chargers, your defense is already porous and can't stop the run. Your best linebacker on your team is 27 years old. He just finished with 144 tackles last year, four and a half sacks, and I think it was two forced fumbles. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to let him go to our biggest division rival, where he already has three and a half sacks on the year, 53 tackles, and is filling in for Nick Bolton, and the Chiefs defense hasn't skipped a beat. So thank you, Los Angeles, for Drew Tranquil. And we're going to replace him with Eric Kendricks. So we're going to get older and slower in the middle of our already porous defense. I love having this guy in the AFC West. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Stanos family, you're cheap. Keep them. Keep going forward on fourth down in your own territory. Do it. Come on, Brandon. You know, the thing about the crazy thing about that too, this year is him going for it. It still hasn't completely bit him in the ass entirely somehow compared to that chiefs game in 2021, when he lost the AFC West in that game, because he went for it like six times. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But, uh, so my turn and actually Dylan, it's funny you mentioned the chargers. They were my honorable mention team this week. Um, or my second team in case someone took my other team. And uh, so with that team, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, You know, like we've said, guys, and I think what I've said, and I've challenged them on this podcast and outside of this podcast, it's this defense hasn't played well these last three weeks. Well, they showed up on Sunday. Um, You know, Chase Young and Nick, Nick Bosa had the nice play where they both got a half sack. But besides that, still five total sacks on the day. Uh, One, you know, one forced fumble and you, um, you had everyone else getting to the quarterback. Uh, Farrell, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, you know, got there. Um, that the front four, that when they go, that's how that team goes. No, it's 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 simple as that. And even, you know, they got their running game back. You know, Trent Williams was back. Um, and the crazy stat here, guys, you take away their three rushes, their three knees at the end of this game. They had 27 carries for 141 yards, 5.2 yards a carry. You let Kyle Shanahan run for five yards of carry, you're not beating him. Simple simple as that. And Brock Purdy looked great, 19-26, 296 yards, three touchdowns on the afternoon. And since the world is talking about metrics and stats, blah, 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 well, his QBR was an 87.8. Anything above a 75 is an MVP level. And uh, Sunday was his 17th start. And after 17 games, one full season, he's 14-3. and three, So – if they can keep this going where the pass rush is on and they're playing complimentary football, I'm not sure anyone in this league can beat this team. They, they look damn good off the bye. It helps mm-hmm. when you have a healthy Trent Williams, healthy Debo Samuel, which the, the two cogs that really make that offense go downhill running game. But there is some questions. I don't know if this running game is as good as they were because Christian McCaffrey Maybe he's lost a step, looked a little rusty off the bye. Did not get a touchdown, though, this weekend. Oh, I, I, son of a bitch, man. You know, <laughs> does it for 16 straight games, rushes for nine, like 99 17. yards. On, it was 17, that's right. Rushes for, um, what was it, 90, I think 99 yards. I saw can't even get 100 yards. Um, what is What is this, <laughs> you bum? Um, you paid all this money and you can't even get for a hundred yards on the ground. 
ridiculous. Uh, who was I going to go with? Oh, that's right. I'm doing like kind of the opposite. So like, I thought these guys were going to be good. They're actually terrible. So it's more like I told you, so you probably shouldn't have picked this type of thing, but, uh, the giants, uh, <laughs> they might be the worst team in the NFL. Um, they are so bad. They're lucky. Actually, I shouldn't say it. the jets are lucky. The giants are so bad that no one really cares. No one notices. Um, but <laughs> Football in New York, god damn it has to be just depressing. <laughs> and they act so like bad. they are the class of the football world too, is is these New York fans. They are just just so bad. Well, it's it, you compare the Jets and the Giants, it's like the Yankees and the Mets. The Yankees had a horrible year this year. I would more could... so compare those two teams to the like the Cubs and the White Sox. Well that yeah. that's fair, but I just just to keep the New York comparison going. Like, the Yankees couldn't hit the baseball this year. They what two twenty seven as a team, um, and everyone's dogging on them. But the the Mets spent what six hundred million this off season, and they blew it up in August. So, you know, to Ethan's point, um, he's spot on. If the Giants weren't so putrid, people would be dogging the Jets more. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, it's just not a good good time to be a uh, be a football fan in uh, in the state of New York. It'd be who pretty it, it, yeah, at all. Who would have right thought at all levels Rutgers would be the best football program in the New York New Jersey area? Oof. There's got to be a D two pretty solid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the high school that um um what's his name Peppers went to. Oh, I got it. Paramus Catholic? I, sure, yeah. There's I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I don't I'm not I'm not up on my New Jersey uh I'm not up on my New Jersey uh my new New Jersey high school uh high school sports, so I can't really uh give give you a definitive answer. Um <laughs> but God, answer they, can't, on that they, one. Can't, they can't be as bad as the Giants are. <laughs> Quick time out here, guys. We have an all time uniforms matchup going on in Phoenix right now. Uh the oh, T Wolves are wearing their new whites with like the Tim like the trim. Uh, tr- trim, 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 tree, trim. Ooh. That's a hard word to say. Um, and Phoenix is wearing they're all black with like the rainbow type lettering in trim. Oh, that is a good uniform match. Oh, it it's very satisfying. Is there anything like, better than a good uniform game? Like, let's be honest. Nah, it's really not. I mean, I mean, your team winning like, a good uniform game. That is true. Like, you could be watching the best uniform game, and it could be Iowa Northwestern at Wrigley. The game quality is awful. Oh no, and it's just you, not you, good. But but the uniform matchup makes it almost good. No. And hey, let's uh, I mean, congratulate. I uh, I couldn't. What was congratulate that? former Bison David Braun, who it sounds like uh, will be yeah, got the having job. the interim tag removed from uh, uh, be the interim head coach. He will be going to the uh, full time head coach here at Northwestern after. Uh, they are one win away from making a bowl game. Not many he people have that. I think it. he deserves it. Can we it. give him Big Ten Coach of the Year already? Yeah, you absolutely should. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not open, even right? for debate. Yeah, Mm-mm. it has to be. I don't care who, if 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 Michigan doesn't get somehow gets in the playoff and without getting hacked by the NCAA and Ohio State somehow wins the wins the title, I don't care. Give it, give it to him. Yeah, it's it's over. It should be, hands down. It should be. I, I mean, you could also, though, make the argument for uh, Kirk Ferentz, who's had to deal with a, just an absolutely putrid offense and basically have to 
no show the next two weeks to win the uh, the Big Ten West. Okay. I, I hate they, you so they, much they right now. West, honey. Let's relax. <laughs> I, I, I I saw an article on the internet the other day where some Iowa stan, one of them Iowa Hawkeye. Oh, Ethan, yeah. did you hear that? Yeah, I did said you it. Hear it. Did you hear it? No, I did not. Yeah, I said Iowa. Um, no. Uh, you know, you you pitch a shutout and you score two offensive touchdown. I'll say your state's name for a week. Um, the fact what, that they're still 16th in the college football playoff is just comical. I was going there. Hold up. The, the committee is totally doing this to somehow set up Michigan to be the number one team. Hear me out. Okay. Because they're going to say they won on the road against a top 10 Penn State team. And then eventually they won a top four matchup against Ohio State. And let's say Iowa does their thing and they win the next two games. If they get to like 14 or 13, then Michigan can be like, hell, even if they get to 12, they can be like, hey, we got three top 12 wins in our resume. I don't, <laughs> what do these other schools have? <laughs> Georgia didn't play anyone in the non-conference. Florida State plays in the ACC. <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost like the committee is getting ready to give the NCAA the giant middle finger by giving Michigan the one seed. Because they've beaten three top twelve teams, <laughs> <laughs> it could, it could. Well, it's, I mean, there's also that. I mean, Missouri is also a n- number nine in the uh, in the That's playoff uh, playoff yeah. rankings too. But I mean, you should I guess see that... how they do versus Illinois this week. Illinois is hot uh, right yeah. now. They are, and I guess that's a good that's a, a good transition into uh, into our. Our uh, college football week eleven recap uh, for teams of the week. So, Ethan, who do you uh, who do you have for your team of the week? Um, I'm going. Like, I went off the grid a couple weeks ago. I'm going Central Florida. Uh, absolutely dismantling Oklahoma State, forty five to three. Uh, honestly, they, Oklahoma State, Texas, they were on a clash collision, like crash course, I should say, to meet the Big Twelve championship. That thing is so messed up right now. Uh, there's like four, five, and two teams. Texas is six and one. Like a lot of weird stuff is happening in the Big 12. The race is actually fascinating. The teams might not be the greatest, but it's a hell of a lot better than the Big 10 West. So uh, that was just a great game. They absolutely just beat the hell out of them. How you can still rank Oklahoma State after that is kind of surprising to me. Well, especially yeah, it sets up a very interesting race because I think right now, right now, Oklahoma State, if the season were to end today, Oklahoma State would still be playing Texas in in Dallas. But is that, I don't know what's the is that, is that I, I want to know what happened in that game because I actually I I saw the line and I actually bet Oklahoma State. It was Oklahoma State minus two and a half, and I looked at it as like Central Florida's like won three or four games this year. Oklahoma State's gonna roll them, and then I look at the I look at the score, forty five to three. What happened? Well, then my then my Jayhawks get upset because their backup quarterback gets hurt. The third string comes in; he hasn't played football in his life. I think mm-hmm. this guy they picked him off out of like chemistry school or something. He was so bad. Well, Texas Tech just put on a good performance because Pat Mahomes was there. That's fair. That um, could be. But also, I think does Oklahoma State still have the tiebreaker because they beat Iowa State? I maybe that might be it. Yeah, I think Iowa State's actually number three. Well, is it is Kansas State still there? Kansas State's yep, five and two. I think Oklahoma's five and two too. Oklahoma yep. is five and two. Yeah, and so, Oklahoma and Kansas State don't play each other. No, and then Iowa State Kansas play 
this or to, Iowa State, State, Texas play this week. Iowa State, Texas play this could, week. I yeah. mean, they, if they beat Texas, I mean, we could we could see this game in madness. two weeks again. Apps utter chaos. And that Absolute not and if, if Iowa State upsets Iowa State upsets Texas this week, they're the going to be is not getting it getting a team in. No, no. And Texas, who knows? Te- Texas under Sark, then they might snowball and totally miss the Big Twelve title game. Yeah, they don't, I, I don't know how the tiebreakers would go. Could you imagine, guys, could you imagine the last year in the Big 12 and we get Oklahoma State, Iowa State, the Big 12 title game? Yeah, that'd be so cool. Or Kansas State <laughs> makes it in there again. They yeah, have oh, yeah. Kansas this week. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Crazy. Utter, utter chaos in the Big 12. The way, but would we have it any other way? No. Nope. Um, I guess it's my turn again. Um, it is. It is. It is. I'm, you know, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick in the SEC here. I'm, I'm going to go with Alabama, and maybe oh. not the team, but uh, but Jalen Milrow. This dude is playing football at a just absolutely ridiculous level right now. Alabama scores was it 42 points on Saturday, six touchdowns. Jalen Milrow was responsible for all six of them. Um, he's been on an absolute tear since he got benched at that it's USF like, game. You know, Nick Saban knows what he's doing. I was just going to say that maybe Saban was like, I got to bench this guy. So my team rallies around the quarterback who I know should be the starter. And this is going to light a fire underneath his ass. So who would have thought Nick Saban knew what he was doing to get a college football player motivated. Um, and, and Jalen, he's, I, he asked me, he's low key kind of a Heisman candidate right now. If they can, they're going to win their next two games. They're going to beat Chattanooga and Auburn and they're going to kill him. If he if this Alabama team could pull off an upset against Georgia and he's got 300 total yards and let's say four tutties, I think he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Um, yeah. And you know this Alabama shocker here, this Alabama Alabama defense is dominant. On Saturday they had, they had three sacks again, but the more impressive part: nine tackles for loss. Kentucky all week was saying, "Hey, we got to get ahead of the sticks." Uh, you know, second and manageable, third and manageable, we want to pull the upset. Well, when you're in second and 12 and third and 10 against this Alabama defense, good luck. And, um, you know, I look at this Alabama team and this, the true freshman, Caleb Downs, the safety. Oh, my God, guys, he's going to be an absolute problem in the next couple of years. Um, Kirby Smart's got to be pissed that he let him get out of his backyard. He had another sack and a half or a half a sack on Saturday. He led the team with seven tackles. He's got 80-some on the year I saw today. Um, and then on the ground, they had 159 yards. So. This album, they're just kind of getting better each week. It's classic Saban style, and who knows? They might not be the team this year. Oh, but boy, watch out for next year because um, they're going to get a receiver too in the portal, and uh, Saban might be holding that trophy up again next year. Did you uh, did you see Saban after the LSU game? There was a receiver that transferred from Alabama to LSU. Yeah, and you went to, you'd be playing a lot more here, a lot more for us, <laughs> yeah, and you would be there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Just does not care. But that is, uh, yeah, this is might be Nick Saban's best coaching job. Everybody said they were dead after the Texas loss, but they've just found ways to win and found themselves in familiar territory. And, you know, I don't know if you're – I'm not saying – I don't think – I think Alabama still wins, but we also thought two years ago Alabama would roll into Auburn and roll them. But yeah. and uh, we ended up having an overtime game, so you never know. That I think that that game might be a little bit closer than than what people think. But it's my time 
for my college football team of the week here. Oh, boy. And it's the Michigan Wolverines. Now, uh, there was a whole lot of pomp and circumstances going in. There were a lot of people that were saying, you know, these sign-stealing things, oh, Michigan isn't going to be able to win, beat, beat a good team without it. They're going into Happy Valley. And then this coward... This pathetic excuse of a man, Tony Petiti, a.k.a. the Big Ten commissioner, just decides to suspend Harbaugh without any due process. There's zero evidence that Harbaugh had any knowledge of or any involvement of what of this alleged scheme that's going on. You saw the evidence? He's never spoken to to Harbaugh or he's never even spoken to Connor Stallions, former Marine. Thank you for your service, Connor. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you to those who have all all served and suspended him because the big 10 are a bunch of cowards who are sick, who who are just made up of a bunch of poverty programs who are just mad that Michigan's just gotten better the last two after the COVID year and kicked the big 10's ass the last two years, two and a half years. And Michigan said, you know what? We don't care. We're going to go and we're going to get, just put our nuts on the table and we're going to rub it all over that Nittany lion mask logo at midfield, we're going to run the ball for 32 straight times, and there's nothing you can do. You know we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball, and you can't stop it. Five yards a carry, and you know what? They go into Happy Valley, get a 24-15 win, and you know what? That's just a preview of what's coming because, Ohio, you better be ready because this you brought this on yourself, and you better not be crying like a bunch of little girls like you did the last two years when it happens. You done yet? Yep. I felt like he was just getting started. Uh, I've I've got more. To, I'll, I'm saving more. We've got bigger games, bigger games ahead. And you know, Ethan, if I have one thing to say, could that was him being arrogant and pompous after two straight Big Ten titles. Could you imagine if Michigan gets to Ohio State's level and wins like seven in a row? I know. I'm never. I'm not going to be able to talk to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing it won't happen because John Harbaugh is going to get uh, get fired here soon. Oh, that would be Jim, their partner. Uh, same thing. Jim, uh, John, John. Is in, John is in Baltimore. <laughs> Bozo, whatever it is. Now. Yeah. He's irrelevant, so it's fine. And this is only going to make – they thought they could tear this team apart, but that's only making them stronger. I will and say like this. like I said, so we're coming Ohio. I will say this. If they were going uh, like, to re- like get rid of the TRO, they probably would have done it on Saturday. So I don't know how that hearing is going to go Friday because what, what's the point of waiting if you're going to approve it? And here's my thing, if, if, Ethan, with this, with that TRO, Harvey Specter would have had that on the table Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Yep, <laughs> he yep. would have been on the side. And it was there. It was on the table. They it was on the table. That. So you tell me, there's obviously something there holding the judge back from allowing this, who, by the way, is a Michigan grad. Well, he wanted, they wanted to have a hearing. Is that, is that, that hearing. Yeah, that's what I get? They had a hearing. Oh, because the hearing's Friday. The hearing it's, is this, Friday. They moved it's, it because they didn't. They didn't. They didn't decide on it on Saturday before the game. They had the hearing. They just didn't make a ruling. So here, here's here's so what I'm gathering is this: Michigan has a shitty lawyer. Yeah, it could. It, they, I mean, they, very they need, well. They need Harvey Specter, the best closer in the game. Yep. <laughs> who's Who's Harvey Specter? Oh God! He, Watch Suits. He's the main character in oh. Suits. Gotcha. He's very he's good at a, his job. He's a pompous, arrogant, handsome lawyer. Um, he's Michael God, Jordan's he's lawyer. He's Michael Jordan's lawyer, yeah. Fun fact oh, for wow. Yeah. Um, you know, the big rich people in New York who we would hate? Um, he, he's one of those guys. 
Oh, gotcha. You know, but hey, when, so, when, when you're a good-looking lawyer and you can live like that and you have a ridiculous-looking condo, power to you. Yep. What can I say? Right. But let's go. Uh, let's go back to our NFL NFL Week 11 game of the week here, and we're, I'm going to get it started right away. Thursday night, Bengals Ravens. Both teams coming off a loss. Uh, the Bengals need this one a little bit more. I I would almost put this in a must-win category for the Bengals after the egg they laid against the uh, against the Texans here. But the Ravens also coming off a loss. They're going to be hungry to hungry to avenge it after what was a blowing a two touchdown lead. Something you don't see the Ravens a, a Ravens team do very often, especially under under John Harbaugh, who's been there for. That's wild to think he's got to be approaching almost 20 years as head coach for the Ravens. I think it's like 15 but, or 16. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah. And it was 2008, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. And the can the Bengals, can they protect 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 Joe Burrow? Are they going to be able to find a run game against the very stout Ravens defense who are going to be playing with their hair on fire after the way after giving up a two touchdown lead? The, the week before, we're going to find out. So that Bengals-Ravens is my NFL Week 11 game of the week. Well, and I saw, guys, Baltimore, they're wearing their all-black uniform. Uniforms. Oh, oh those so are nice. it's going to be spicy. They might Baltimore. be saying nevermore. Th- that is correct. Um, you know, if you've, seen, if you've seen The Wire, when the Ravens come on the field, Dylan, you might hear a bunch of Cincinnati people referring to Roquan Smith as Omar. Omar's coming. Omar's coming. Watch out. <laughs> um, but for me here, surprise, surprise, guys, my game of the week, I'm going Monday night. Um, Philadelphia goes to Kansas City. Um, two best teams in the league based just off record. I used to throw Detroit in there too. You know, Super Bowl 57 rematch. Uh, both teams are coming off their bye. Uh, both teams should be healthier. Um um, you know, it's the last last game of the week. It's going to be absolutely electric. You know, they're an arrowhead, and both teams can almost maybe put Kansas City more could kind of put clamps down on the division if they can get to eight and two. And you know, Philadelphia they keep the pressure on Dallas. If they win, they get to nine and one. And the the Eagles they got a tough stretch here with this schedule. I, I don't know the exact order, but I know the teams. You know, it's it's Kansas City, it's Buffalo. They got Seattle in there. Dallas Dallas again. San Francisco. This is a big five-game stretch for the Eagles. And then after this, Chiefs' schedule gets – there's some wins on there. So can they handle their business? Can they get to eight and two? Um, and then, you know, you got games against Las Vegas, Green Bay, um, I think, you know, Buffalo. Um, and then, you know, the Bengals coming up towards the end of the year. But And then also the Patriots for the Chiefs. But um, after the bye week, did Andy and his coaching staff kind of figure out some cohesion on offense? I'd like to see him uh, run the ball a little more, but this week against those Eagles defensive tackles, that might not be the play, but I think it's going to be electric and awesome Monday night game. Just It's going to come down just like the Super Bowl, the last possession. So Chiefs-Eagles, my game of the week. It's a pretty easy one. Uh, I'm going, instead of Monday night, I'm going to Sunday night. Uh, I'm going Vikings-Broncos. I think this is probably the most intriguing matchup of the weekend. Got the red hot Vikings running off those Dobbs, Dobbs fumes, five game win streak. And you got Denver, who I don't know if I would say is a good team, but they're playing better. Their defense is really what's carrying them at this point. Offense is still very much a work in progress. Um, so I, it's going to be crazy. I don't, you don't know what to expect from Dobbs. Um, he hasn't 
I don't think faced a defense that's quite this good. Who knows? Maybe he plays like he did in the first half. Maybe he plays or the offense plays like they did in the second half. You never know what the hell you're going to get with the Vikings. Uh, and then Russell Wilson, you don't know what the hell you're going to get with him either. So it could have an absolute god-awful Russell that we've seen for half the year or the guy that kind of looks like he knows what he's doing. So a lot of intrigue, a lot of just unknowns going into this game. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. That was another. Uh, that was also a game I had uh, I had circled here as the uh, – both teams are they're, they're fighting for playoff position. And, you know, Ethan, you, you nailed it that the Broncos defense is kind of coming back from what they were last year a little bit. Russell Wilson, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be like 20, 2018, 2019 Russ that we, that we saw. But I think as they're, they're playing, Sean Payton's done a really good job of just playing complimentary football, running the ball well. The offensive line has improved and um, just, getting them in spots where they are, uh, you know, getting them in spots to succeed and find ways to, uh, to pull out wins, whether it be against the Broncos or the bills. Well, they are the Broncos and they beat the chiefs. Yeah. Um, but you know, D- Ethan's point, the last nine games, I think the, the Broncos have forced nine turnovers. Anytime. No, the last two games. I'm sorry. The, the last, last two, two games. games. Said two games. Nine games. I'm like, I think what? I think I messed it up and had the nine turnovers as nine games. But Got it. In their last two games against the Chiefs and Bills, five five turnovers they forced against Kansas City, and then four on Monday night. You're gonna win a lot of games when you're mm-hmm. when you're when you're doing that. I don't I don't care who you're playing. You could be playing the '92 Cowboys. You turn them over four times, you're gonna win that football game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ethan, you're right. It's like you can tell they're better under Sean Payton than Nathaniel Hackett, but they're still not a good team or a great team. But they're not like explosive at not all. Expo- no, but they just don't have any explosive players. I mean, Cortland. No, Sutton, and they literally the only time they score is when they turn it over. So you don't turn it over, you're going to beat them. Like I think exactly. that's as simple as that. It, I mean, that sounds yeah. very easy. Um, like obviously, the less turnovers you have, the more games you're going to win. But I think versus Denver, it even it's increased that much more. Well, and to your point, like this year, the two times the Chiefs have played them, almost every single score they had was either off of Kansas City to turnover or Denver on a punt. They returned, you know, 40 yards and the drive mm-hmm. started at the KC 45. It's no different than the Bills game. They never went down the whole field the whole way. Oh, yeah, exactly. You make no. Russell, I think almost every score and drive was yeah. probably at or near the 50. You make Russell Wilson and this Broncos offense go 75 yards, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. No. And um, yeah, well, before before we do that now, the big big news and Grant was very sad about this, but we talked about it earlier earlier in the show to start it that Jimbo Fisher was fired here. So let's have just a short discussion on let's try to solve Texas A&M's problems here. Let's see what we can do. Jimbo Fisher fired guy who lays up on par fives, par fours, you know, par fours par threes use if it if it's a uh, 130 yards out he he does a 75 percent swing on his pitch on his nine iron so he can chip on a par three but and i, I was hoping somebody was going to mention him as team te- give texas a&m the team of the week for uh for finally letting jimbo go for uh for 76 million i think he gets a lump sum of is it, I think it was what nineteen million. 
right away or 60 days since he's been fired. And then another, another big chunk, another, uh, within like 120 days. And then every one day, every year, he gets $7 million deposited into his account. And there are no like restrictions or anything on it where if he wants to go and coach again, which I don't know. I mean, I mean, this guy makes the, uh, the Bobby Bonilla deal, Bonilla deal uh, look smart. And, um, but it, it never worked out. Uh, Jimbo did a great job recruiting, but he could never rally the troops. Hold on, and hold on, hold on, hold a, on, hold on. He didn't do a good job recruiting. His boosters did a great job with NIL payments. Yeah, they bought them. Okay, Yeah, fair. Saban, when Nick Saban calls you out for buying your recruits, I trust Nick Saban. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other part of Texas A&M's problem is, is they have a, a false false idea of 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 who they are. They they consider you ask a lot of these blue bloods, and I actually was, I actually have a buddy who is he's from Texas. He's got a relative, I think, sister that went to college at Texas A and M, and um, I was kind of asking him some questions about it. And uh, shout out shout out Adam if you're listening, but I was asking him, do I asked him point blank, do you, Texas A and M fans have a false sense of of who they are? And he said that for the most part, like most normal. Normal like A and M fans understand that they are not in that blue blood category, but they they spend money. They invested a lot into the facilities, um, but it's a lot of uh, you know they haven't they haven't won a whole lot. They've won one Big Twelve championship. They haven't won. They haven't even made it to the SEC championship game. They've won three division titles. Um, in the last one coming in 2010, so I'm guessing in 98 or 97 was the last time Texas A&M won won a won a conference championship, and they it's felt like under Jimbo and more so and even under Kevin Sumlin where they really rode Johnny Manziel's coattails, and that was that was their identity, and they never after Johnny Johnny left they never really had any established identity of what they wanted to do or what the there was no culture at all i think whoever they hire next is they need to go and look at it and be patient with this next coach which they should be because having to pay a guy 76 million dollars is you know it's going to strap your uh strap your uh your athletic uh your athletic budget i'm pretty but, sure they're still paying they're still paying too. someone too. Yeah, they're yeah paying, <clears throat> paying it, someone as well. Coming out of the athletic budget, all of this is coming from the donors. Or none of this yeah, will come out of the this, donors. This is yeah. coming from the the big Texas, the big Texas money, the yeah, oil none money. None of this money will actually there come in South, from the Southeast athletic Texas. Department's, oh God, no! Uh, revenue or budget. This is just coming from some rich white guy who thinks, "Hey, I live in Texas. I'm better than everyone else in the union. I'm worth." $300 million. I sent both of my sons to the cult that is Texas A&M University. Um, I'd, so is Dabo the, like the perfect hire then? Because Dabo also kind of seems like to have a cult following. I think they don't have the money to hire him. They definitely don't have the money to hire Dabo. I'm just saying, I'm saying as, I'm more so being joking, but you know, Dabo, Dabo and Texas A&M seem like they both kind of have cult followings and they, they would just... Oh, yeah. Well, they would be even more insufferable, but 
I don't see it them going over funny. seven million a year. I think uh, that's you know what? They, seven. They couldn't. They couldn't hire Dabble because Dabble doesn't believe in NIL. That that is also true. He doesn't believe in NIL. Um, you know, they're just they're people from Texas. They think that they're better than us because he can buy fifteen hundred dollar bottles of, of bourbon. Um, he 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 wears a cowboy hat and cowboy boots um, when he's actually never worked on a farm before. Um, so, you know, we know how Rip asked him how he got that cowboy hat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they just they think, oh, hey, and also they wear Adidas. I mean, that's all you need mm. to say. With all this money, they wear Adidas. Like, no, that's that's disgusting. Adidas sucks. Mm-hmm. It doesn't belong in college sports. Get it out of here. For God's sakes, you have all this money. Go to Jordan. Go to Nike. Don't wear Adidas. It's awful. But back to back to my point is is and and for a a coach is that's you know more about building a culture, establishing an identity. You're going to get him a lot cheaper, and hopefully they give him time to kind of bring them back to somewhat where they they aren't just kind of in no man's land. I think they. They need to go after a guy like a Mike Elko, a Chris Kleiman, a Lance Leipold, a Kalen DeBoer, guys with coaching experience that aren't just big names. They need to go with somebody that's a little bit bit under the radar. Well, and here's my thing. Why would any of these guys want to go to Texas A&M? That's, that's the other part, too. Why? That, that, that's the tricky part is trying to convince them that. Because those coaches want to go there. And those coaches aren't the ones that are – blinded blinded strict make and they'll make decisions strictly off of oh i'm gonna make more money they're gonna yeah, exactly go, they they like where they are they're happy content with where they where they are mm-hmm. and they've built their programs to the image that they like and they don't want to spend another four to five years doing that at another job especially when you got boosters breathing down your neck every time you lose a game absolutely but all right, now now we have that going. So, Ethan, back to you for what what is your uh, college football week twelve game of the week? Well, I'm going back to the Big Twelve. Um, a lot of weird uh, things I, have I had happened at this stadium at night. Uh, we're going to Jack Trice, uh, ah. Iowa State, oh. uh, Texas. I think this is going to be a great matchup. I mean, I could Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. You can name all the big teams that Iowa State's knocked off at night in that stadium. Mm-hmm. It's not like Kinnick level dark out like like good at night but uh it's a notch below it and they're freaking good um they're pro i'm guessing they'll wear their blackout uniforms yeah. i think it's stupid they probably will wear them um yeah they don't look good I mean, in that in those uniforms yeah they do they do um but uh they're gonna be they're fighting for their lives um iowa state wins this you probably have like a four-way tie right now at the top of the big 12 standings at least a four-way depending on how the rest of the week goes true yeah, and you know, you you nailed that, Ethan. That, that it, weird things happen at in the state of Iowa at night. That I'll have my eyes on another game in Iowa. NDSU plays Northern Iowa to close out the year. Uh, they win this game. They actually, a lot of people were saying they're for sure playing in Thanksgiving, but they went out and some other things go their way. They actually might find themselves play in in the uh, seven or eight seed, but which will be wild to think, but. Um. Anyways, the uh, Grant, who do you, what, what do you got circled for your Week Twelve game of the week? Uh, 
I'm debating back and forth. I want to stay in the in the in the Big Twelve, but I, I, I never thought I'd say this again, guys. I'm going out west again. It feels like I have just lived in the Pac-12 this year. Washington on the road against Oregon State. Corvallis or Corvallis yeah. Razor Stadium. Uh, DJ Uyunglele has come to life there in Corvallis. Um, Oregon State belongs in the Power Five. I don't care what we have to do, but they are a Power Five football team. They deserve to be. I don't care if the Big Ten has to have 19 teams or however many they're going to have next year. We need. We need. We need Jeff the Beavers. Smith, culture guy. Yes, we need the Oregon State Beavers in the Power Five. I mean, they're what 11 in the college football rankings, playoff rankings this year. They're actually um, favored in this game. They're favored in this this game. They could they could ruin Washington's um, national championship aspirations. They could make sure Michael Penix Jr. doesn't um, get in the Heisman Trophy race. And Oregon State is still technically alive in the Pac-12 to get to the Pac-12 title game. And they got Washington this week, and then they got the Civil War next week against against Oregon. And the same thing for Washington. They win this week. They go into the Apple Cup um, again, undefeated. Your prime position for uh, a college football playoff spot, but then also to get Michael Penix Jr. in New York as the Heisman Trophy candidate. And I'm drawing a blank on this young man's name, but Washington's receiver, um, Roma Dunsey, he is not getting enough credit nationally. This guy is an absolute baller. Um, he's he's a stud. He's he's going to probably be the second or third wide receiver taken in the next upcoming draft back-to-back 1,000-yard season. It's another time for him to be in the national spotlight and say, hey, don't forget about me. But um, Washington, Oregon State, that's, that's where I'm going to be. That's the game of the week. Yeah, that was uh, – I was hoping I was that one was going to get to me, but when you said you were going out west, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably, probably not getting this one. So I'm going to go – I'm going to go you know, back to the, uh, the Big 12 and – I'm I'm gonna go to the uh, we got a state championship on the line in the uh, Kansas Kansas State game. Uh, both teams are still alive. Some are barely kind of hanging on by a thread, but uh, both teams alive in that Big Twelve race. Kansas State has they had a couple of head scratching losses. The Oklahoma State one, they lost uh, the Mizzou one, which really is I guess didn't long run it didn't and it's turns out like Missouri's a-, a really damn good team. Okay. Looking like and, a good loss. Hey, and Missouri's coach, Eli. Eli Drinkwitz. Culture guy. Yep, culture guy. Chris Kleiman, culture guy. Leopold, mm-hmm. two, two great, two tremendous coaches. I think this game is just the start of what's going to be a tremendous rivalry. I think Kleiman is going to be a lifer at Kansas State. I think mm-hmm. Leipold has said, been on record, I don't. I know what a college coach's word means nowadays. Not not a whole lot, but I do believe one it just coach based I off. Believe, Sorry, it's it's Leopold. I believe him when he says this. Yeah, just based off of what he's done as far done as far as um as far as like his previous stops, whether it be at he was at Whitewater forever, he was at Buffalo for quite a while as well. I think Kansas, I think that is the play. And he's getting up there in age as well. I think that's a something else to look for. But I don't know what the situation is with the uh Kansas quarterback situation. I don't know if Bean's gonna be playing or not, but um these two teams get together, you know it's going to be hard hitting. Uh, our offensive coordinator and his uh, his two two of his boys are going going to be at this game in Lawrence, and it's going to be a tremendous atmosphere. It's going to be a night game, and I am 
I'm very excited to see to see what uh, see how this game plays out at five o'clock on FS1. I I I I'm I'm always going to ride with Coach Kleiman, so I'm going to go with uh, Kansas State wins this one somewhere along the lines of. I think Kansas State's defense is a little bit better than Kansas. I think they get a couple of more stops. I think Kansas State baits whoever is at quarterback because even if it is the third stringer or Bean, Bean. both are known to kind of turn Can the ball beat? over a couple of times. Yeah, Bean's the backup. Um, but I, I think Kansas State wins, wins 30, 31-19. So it's... So after Saturday, is it officially basketball season at Kansas? Yes, correct. Okay, correct. And that the that that is perfect, Grant. That is absolutely perfect. You nailed it because we wanted to wait till Ethan got back from his suspension here, and uh, college basketball is underway. And uh, we're this is our predictions sure to go wrong, but we're gonna just give our preseason final four teams of who we think is gonna be playing in. Where is the final four this year? Phoenix. In Phoenix. Okay. Phoenix, back, Phoenix, at, uh, back at State Farm Stadium. We're going to see who's going to be hanging the uh, – or cutting down the nets in the uh, the first weekend in April. So, I guess since we're – we'll just keep going snake, and then we'll get to curveball the week. And Ethan, after two weeks off, he's going to have a good one, I bet. Um, but my, my final four teams are – Kansas, because right now they're the number one team. And like Grant said, basketball season is underway. I watched them last night. And then my second team is going to be Texas A&M. Very talented group in Buzz Williams. Buzz Williams has been close, hasn't quite been able to get over that hump and get into the Final Four. I think this is the year. They've got a senior backcourt, really just a really solid team all around. And then my third team, I'm going to go with another team that has been close the last and a team that lost and their season ended way too soon before most people expect. I'm going to go with the Purdue Boilermakers. I think this is the year Matt Painter gets over the hump and makes it to the final four. And then my fourth team is we're going to go back to the SEC. And I'm going to go with the Kentucky Wildcats. I think this is more of a John Calipari led team or type of team where they're, he's going to just, um, listening to some college basketball experts, they've said that it felt like the last few years is where he just was doing too much coaching instead of letting them letting just roll the ball out and letting them play, which has been when Calipari's been at his best team. And it feels like this is going to be one of those teams where he's going to let just roll the ball out and let those guys play, let those guys figure it out. They might get off to a little bit of a slow start. He's gone to he's embraced that tra- the transfer portal. Um, if he can get guys to buy in and keep going, I think this is a year he gets back to the final four. I think I've had them as final four teams in my bracket or in my bracket or a preseason the last last few years. So I'm gonna go with Kansas, Texas A&M, Purdue, Kentucky as my final four teams. Yeah, Dylan, if if people didn't know you, they'd think you were you were a Wildcats fan with how often you have them in the final four. Um but I'm with you, dude. I think the one team that we're going to agree on, and the only team we're going to agree on, is is the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, you bring in Dickinson and Hunter in the off season, and whenever you ask me, whenever Bill Self has a big man, that's when his teams are at his best. And he was an absolute animal last night. 
Um, I know, sure, they only had four points off their bench, but, you know, they, they probably have the best starting five in the country right now. So I'm, I'm going to go Kansas one. And then I think the defending champs get back um, to the final four. I'm going to go UConn. You know, I think Bobby Hurley's building something there in Connecticut, and uh, they're just going to keep this thing rolling. And then a second team from the Big East, the team actually I watched last night, the Creighton Blue Jays. Um, oh. I, I think McDermott's going to get there. They got, um, you know, the, the South Dakota State transfer. I'm drawing a blank on his name. He's, Taylor Shireman. He's, yep, he's coming back this year for another year. They got that big seven-footer who absolutely dominated Iowa last night. Um, he's going to be a matchup nightmare. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I, I just kind of think this is the year they, they take it over the top. It's kind of a bummer. They lost their point guard again, I believe Gonzaga in the transfer portal. So we'll see how that works. Cause you know, basketball, cause point guards win tournaments in March. Um, but I don't know. I just come in that tough elite eight loss last year. I think Creighton's going to find a way to get there. And then kind of my wild card team. I just, I love this coach so much. Scott drew, I'm gonna go with the Baylor bears. Ooh, Baylor making a comeback. Baylor making a comeback. So uh, big, big 12 and big, big East guy over here for college basketball. All right, Ethan, best for last. What do you got? All right. Um, so I guess that makes us three for three. I'm going Kansas. Uh, I do oh, think oh, they're the best oh, team oh. In, the, in the country right now. They looked phenomenal so, last night. Cross Kansas off. They're not going yep. to the final so, four. Guys. Just like how we all had North Carolina last year. Uh, yep. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually going back with a team that did it last year. It's not UConn. Uh, we're going to the Cinderella, Florida no, Atlantic. We're going back. Oh, uh, I thought about everyone back. I they, thought they about them. everyone back. Coach. I even. thought about them. Yeah. Um, third team. I just watched them the other night versus a big 10 team. Uh, Wisconsin. Uh, or no, sorry, Tennessee. They played Wisconsin. Um, they yeah. are literally like an oh. anaconda. They just slowly, slowly suck the life out of you defensively. Like they are unbelievable mm-hmm. defensively. They have the great point guard. I'm, I'm uh, Ziegler. Uh, I think his name is uh, sophomore back from his ACL injury from the end of last year. They didn't have him for the tournament run last year and still went as far as they did. And then uh, this is a total, uh, not, I shouldn't say a joke, but Dylan, I know has been a homer a couple of times now with picking Michigan. Why the hell not? Let's go Minnesota. I mean, who cares? Like, come on. Like, I'm going to the game tomorrow. Like, Grant's going to the game tomorrow. They're going to beat Missouri. 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 Oh. Um, And and the whole – after tomorrow, the whole city is going to be behind them. This is is Ben's year. And and we're going to do big things. You know, bring back the 97 banner. Fuck them. We we did it. We made it. Fuck those tests. (laughs) That's right. We, uh, We covered that in the book. Hey, yep. in Minnesota, it's not foot, it's not Minnesota goal for football season. It's not hockey season. It's men's basketball it's season. It's goal for basketball season. Yeah. That's right. And the Fuck golfers you, are going back. It's goal for basketball season, according to Ethan. Yeah. We're back. We're <laughs> <laughs> As if we've ever even been back ever. Un- until they uh, beat Wisconsin next week. No, it doesn't hey, that, matter. That'd be, what, three in five years? Well, I'm just four and five. It'd be three straight. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, four and five. Yeah. Or like four and no, four and six. Four and six, I think. Yeah. And if we would have told you at the start of the year if Minnesota is going to beat Iowa and Wisconsin, they're for sure going to going to Indianapolis. Would it really be a Minnesota sports team if if? Yeah. Would it be a Minnesota sports team though if 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 that happens? Yeah, it really would. And they don't it really would. <laughs> and somehow yeah, still only would. finish six and six. Yeah. 
Oh. And that's somehow we go and but, beat with Ohio State, which that is not happening. So it's just oh, no, no, it's not. right now. Hey, speaking of that, <laughs> so in, in April this year, me and two others, we put a combined $200 in um, on a preseason Heisman Trophy um, pick. And we went Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin's playing better. So these next three weeks, I'm going to need like – uh, 1,200 yards and like in like five touch in like six touchdowns. So you're I, playing a great defense for that. I, I exactly. So <laughs> it's a great start this week. Of course, the it up on these guys. Oh, just thinking the board's going to do. Of course, the rivalry game next week, and then the week after that, the sacrificial lamb on the college football season being the Iowa Hawkeyes, somehow representing the Big Ten West. Without Cooper DeGene, I'm feeling good, boys. We might we might put a combined two hundred dollars into into eight thousand here in December. All I'm saying, Grant, yeah. is you better hope Minnesota keeps it close enough that he plays the second half, at least the third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> or he does what he did last week and he gets his four touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, it's fine yeah. too. But hey, come on, a combined two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars to eight thousand. Come on, Marvin. I need you. Nice. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> but all right, Ethan. What do, what do, what do you got for curveball of the week? So it's holiday season. Obviously, you got to go do some gift shopping. Tis the season. Um, everyone goes to malls. Um, so you can't use your hometown mall. What is the best mall you've been to? Oh, that's a good one. Ooh. Well, well, you you really made it tough, Ethan. I was I was really gonna pick my hometown mall. <laughs> At least Mankato's well, not of, that bad. Yeah, River Hills Mall. Well, it's it's kind of sad now, but man, fifteen years ago, that was the place to be in town. Yeah, all malls are like that now, sadly. Yeah, God, yeah. All we've got a grocery store and a sporting goods store in our mall. That's uh, that's about the two two best Dunham's? things in there. Oh, and hey, we by do the have way, a Dunham's. Yeah, hey, that's by the way. Baby. Um, we cannot use Mall of America in this example. No, that that's just a shithole. No, yeah, that, that's excluded. Okay. You All don't right. Go um, you want to get shot? I don't. I don't even know the name of this mall, but it was the first outdoor mall I've ever been to. It was this mall in mall in San Diego. Had it all, and I was just mesmerized by like. This place is outdoors. What happens if it rains? And I remembered I'm in California and it never rains there, but. I thought it was it was it was coolest thing I've ever been to. Like you're walking outside, you go into the stores that are covered, but then outside you're so you're doing some shopping, and that's actually more so. You're just I'm just hanging out on a bench waiting for my mom and sister to get done shopping. So pretty standard. So yeah, I you know you can get some steps in. You're doing it outside. You're getting some vitamin D, good sunlight. <laughs> You know what? I'm I'm going down. There's we haven't said a lot of nice things about the uh, state of California, so I'm going there. I'm saying nice things about California. I'm going to the San Diego Mall. I don't know what it's actually called, but hey, but the one nice thing in California is San Diego. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. You know, of the time I've the times I've spent in Florida, in Texas, in North Carolina, you know, in the southern part of this country. Really, I've never gone to a mall, so uh, down there, so I can't use that example like Dylan had. But I'm going to give a little love to Minnesota here, 
And was is it the Southdale? Is that, is that the one in Edina, Ethan? Yeah, yeah. That, cake eater. The cake eaters. They they <laughs> they they did it right. Um, Are you talking about the Galleria or the Southdale Center? Center? Maybe. <laughs> it, it was a place in Edina. That's all I know. Okay. okay. Um, they had. Uh, um, you know, the Cheesecake Factory is near. They have they had the Eddie yeah, Bauer. Yeah, that's Southdale Center. Yeah, yeah South Southdale Center. That's the one they got. An Eddie Eddie Bauer store. Um, was it Ro- Rojo? The Mexican restaurant is right there. Just a bunch of other you know cool, good looking shops. It's clean on the inside. Um, you know, back when malls were cool, you enjoyed going there. The few times that I did, so I'm gonna go Southdale Center in Edina. Okay, it's a good one. I'm uh, I'm gonna stay in the Midwest. I'm going to Sioux Falls. We're going to the Empire. Uh, we used to go there a lot oh, as kids. Um, okay. My dad's college roommate lives up there, so we always went and visited them. And I mean, we would spend eight freaking hours at that mall. Like, I, there's just so much there. I haven't been there in years, so I don't know what's changed, how well it looks now. But I'm telling you, that's the best mall I've been to, probably, probably in the Midwest for sure. Hey, man. Okay. People moving to South Dakota these days must be mm-hmm. an underrated state. Sioux Falls is a great town. No state Sioux income tax. Sioux Falls, no yeah, Sioux Falls. Great. Sioux Falls, great city. So, all right, well, we got that. That that pretty much wraps up episode 104 of the Three Guys Talking About podcast. We'll have the segments of the show out on Friday. The FCS playoff bracket will be released Sunday, so we'll do a little bit of a preview of that as well when that comes out. Uh, we'll segments of the show, like I said. Sharpie. Yeah, pretty, that's, a, that's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> it is, well, it, it is pretty much. And, uh, you know, Brawl of the Wild game is this weekend, too. That'll That's always a, a fun game to watch. But, um, yeah, well, check us out. Follow us on all of our social medias, Three Guys Talking About Podcast, 3GTV Podcast. And we'll be back to uh, either brag about our predictions or more than likely Salt can talk about how terrible our predictions are are off and you shouldn't listen to us, but we thank you guys for listening to us every week. We'll talk to you next time.